Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the NXT Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of the show, formerly known as NXT Debate. Oh! But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spot, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I'll still get it, uh, Amazon <laughs> Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review the show, formerly known as NXT Debate. Rampage, baby. That says we rampage, baby. Friday night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stick it on. Interviews, round table discussions. Uh, round of the week. Uh, complete with the week, of course, on WrestleCoach. As I said, they're joined by Michael Amplett. Sid is off on holiday today, probably for the best. Uh, we're here to review... Oh, it was a Wednesday. Last week. <laughs> yeah, coincidence, isn't it? Uh, we're here to review NXT. I quite enjoyed this show, you know, it flew by. It did fly by. Um, there was... You, yesterday, compared it to a dynamite in the sense that everything was... and There was loads announced. There was tons of matches, there was segments, there was a whole deal. And More announced than tonight's dynamite. Yeah, and I kept thinking, like, as I was watching this, that, well, we, because of what they'd announced and because of actually planning things in advance, I was thinking, well, there's still this, there's still this, there's still this. Yeah. There's not really any time for anything else. And I don't know if that made the show flow a little bit quicker, but you know when you're watching these and there's a little... Nasty surprise of a thing you didn't know was coming, and more importantly, you couldn't be asked with <laughs> yeah. because nobody had told you in advance. There was very little of that, and as yeah. a result, I thought that really helped the pace of this one. Yeah, exactly. It got about an hour into this show. I was like, still got about five more things to go that we <laughs> preview. So either yeah. we've got it wrong, or they're going to have to really fly by. But they did. They crammed it all in. Uh, and lots to talk about on uh, last night's show. So let's just dive straight into it uh, because the show opened. <laughs> uh, Joe Gacy uh, and The Rock's daughter. Um, <laughs> Ava Rain, I'm joking, of course. Um, Joe Gacy uh, running it back with Cameron <laughs> Grimes in one of the most predictable matches in NXT <laughs> history. Um, oh, what do you make of Joe Gacy's gear? His new <laughs> I quite like them, actually. I yeah. think if he um, ever stands a chance, with this gimmick in particular, if he ever stands a chance of, um, I don't know, like breaking through, not even just to the main roster, but becoming a proper serious concern on NXT, I think it was probably time to update the look. I found it very interesting 
that, and this is a, this I assume this to be the case anyway, it's a wrestler mindset, isn't it? That on the week when people have had seven days to digest the fact that Ava Rain is with the Yee and for those who don't know Ava Rain, she's the rock's daughter, <laughs> um, the, Joe Gacy, a smart guy, will be very aware that more people might not be watching, watching, mm. but will be keeping a closer eye. So he is maybe from now starting to present the character he wants to present. So my assumption was the gear change, the look change, all of them. In fact, any details that we see from these characters now are done with the mindset of a potentially bigger audience. Mm. Because even, you know, and not just any bigger audience, the literal rock, like he might tune in to see what his daughter's up to. And that's got to be running through the minds mm-hmm. of the year that every single week they're on screen, they could be getting just quietly assessed by one of the best to ever do it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I think it works far better than him wrestling in street clothes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and look, watch for when uh, they all start wearing two elbow pads and the boots with the uh, the back bits cut out. Yes. Keep an eye for that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these two work really well together, but we've seen it a lot, so there's not yeah. really a lot to recap here. It's back and forth stuff from two blokes who probably are good enough to go to the main roster anyway. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Cameron Grimes, for the most part, is in control, but the problem is there's the rest of the team around ringside that just kept trying to interfere. The referee didn't kick them out. They just kept jumping off in the apron and getting knocked off there by Cameron Grimes. Um, in the midst of all that of an interference, uh, Gacy ate a poison rana, and uh, it looks like Grimes is going to hit him with a cave-in, but the dead pull him out of the ring, and Grimes just goes, I'll polish this, and flips over the top rope. Nice spot, this. Uh, onto Yee-Yee-Yim, uh, and then Grimes <laughs> goes up top. The referee's involved with, oh, is everyone outside the ring all right? And, of course, Ava Rain jumps up, push him off the top rope. He sort of drops onto the, oh, sorry, push him off the turnbuckles, and he drops onto the top rope, and then gets hit with that mint finisher of Joe Gacy's, the sort of handspring off the ropes lariat thing mm. that he does. And, of course, Joe Gacy gets the victory here. It's not, in terms of the finish and the result, it's not really the kind of prediction you can do a victory lap over, is it? Because could they really have gone any other way here? Like, Ava Rain had to look effective. I felt a little bit sorry for both of them, actually, because they were trying, I think, against the just how obvious this was going to play out, to give a little bit more. This uh, This match was extra than what we would have expected mm. in terms of the in-ring, but it didn't matter. Like, even they were wrestling as if they both knew the feud was over. Um, but this was the Ava Rain coming out party, so this is what we had to have. Mm. The work was, yeah, like, I, w- I won't say too good for NXT because it's still hard to work out what exactly this show, what service this provides specifically. So mm. it was nice to see good wrestling on telly, but it, it wasn't electrifying. It wasn't the sort of, maybe Joe Gacy with somebody else would help out at this point, but I just feel like I've seen it all before. I didn't get that sense of, uh, ooh, now everyone's joined, there's a magic in the air yeah. around the D-ad. And obviously at the moment there is a specific comparison um, available, I assume, wherever you get your podcast very soon, happening on Monday Night Raw with the introduction of Rhea Ripley into the Judgment Day. And I believe that, it's out right now. There you go. So listen to that to sort of listen, listen to us go into a bit more detail about how transformative one person can be on a group. Mm. We're not there yet with Ava Rain, but uh, I sense... If Cameron, if they're both not gone, Cameron Grimes will be gone, and Joe Gacy, I think now, like this, does feel like the start of something for him. Maybe, just maybe, whether it's the North American title or whatever, they'll start trying to take this act serious rather than mm. it just being a bit of a wacky side yeah. project. Yeah, she has given it a bit of a new lease of life. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. Um, so Nathan Fraser's been to visit the <laughs> trainers' room. He's not been cleared for a couple of weeks, and he won't be cleared for a few more. Apparently, uh, is uh, good. Wait a second. His good friend Axiom. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just me, right? Is it just me? Or there's a guy that covers his whole body and face, all of it, 
And when he enters into the ring, he's so quick and mysterious that he's just this, um, he's almost like a dotted line rather than an actual physical person because he dashes it. Mm. Is it a bit strange? And I'm like, oh, knife and has a guy and a gun for point. <laughs> like, he ju- he's so normal. He's just a, just a guy. Well, he's a kid. We know he's a he is, kid, but yeah, like, exactly backstage. It's just so strange that, he, like, there's not an air of mystery about it whatsoever. <laughs> you're going to match the weekend. Uh, probably not, Axiom. No, actually, I'm still very, very injured. The doctor says it's going to be a few more weeks. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. No, give my best to your mother. <laughs> like, it's just so, like, pedestrian. And there he is. Oh, this, my mask and my covered body and my speed that moves faster than naked eye. Well, that is just some of my special, that's part of my personality. Why don't you leave me in my life and I'll leave you to yours? <laughs> so, yeah, the, he's not clear to wrestle. And then in comes creepy J.D. McDonough, yeah. uh, who I did like the fact he's, like, working out what his injury was. He's a pretty good doctor. L- looking at him, yeah. Doug, what's wrong with me? Uh, herniated C4 disc, that's what I'm going with. Did you ever watch the Sky One um, drama Lie to Me starring Tim Roth? No. Right. It was a, a novel idea. It was a weekly sort of CSI sort of thing. So it was like, it's not this prestige TV or anything. But Tim Roth's a good actor. And the principle of it was, is that he had this amazing ability to spot people's micro expressions to tell if they're lying. Oh, okay. So like he had this, uh, it was called, I forget his name, so I'll say it was Tim Roth, the Tim Roth Center for Science. And he was like, you know, science, but he didn't necessarily follow the rules. So the police just wouldn't work with him. It was a constant. Roth, thing. you're a loose cannon. Yeah. Well, luckily for you, I don't work for the force. I work for myself and I'm going to find this liar out. Problem was, he was so amazing. He had like 100% hit rate. So why wouldn't the police work with him? In fact, why wouldn't the police have him train a million more people to be just like yeah. him? Because every crime is solved in like two seconds. Like, J.D. McDonough is sort of embarrassing the medical profession here, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Because like, you could bring down waiting lists in A&E in hospitals in the UK where we still have an NHS. You've got America where people wouldn't have to spend so much on the insurance yeah, spending yeah, overnight yeah. stays in hospital. Just send J.D. McDonough in there. Give him a quick once over, send him away. No bill. Like lots of people's financial woes dealt with. I just, he was too good. Mm. He was too good at diagnosing the problem. Well, actually, as a matter of fact, he's correct. Yes. Tell you what you've got, Phil. You've got a staff infection. Um, <laughs> someone really should have picked up on that one. I tell you what Hangman Page has got. He's got a case of somebody stepping on his own dick. I don't know where it's him. Uh, so uh, he's like, oh, don't worry. Um, this is J.D. Montana says, like, don't worry. Uh, you wouldn't have fared any better axiom in the ladder match if you had, you know, beaten Nathan. Because they're like, oh, my respect to our three fours, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, so I did under J.D. McDonough, which is not win the big one. Yeah, good. Nice tension before their match later on. Funny, again, that the camera has to linger, but there's only one face you can look at, and that's Nathan <laughs> Frazier's. They do the same. The camera's hanging around three seconds too long, but one person is completely covered up. So it's only one person that has to face act. I imagine, under the mask, a kid's doing like a WWE act, like a stare off into the distance, but you wouldn't know. You just reminded me. It's coming towards panto season yeah. uh, here in the UK. If you're in America, uh, you suck because you don't have pantos like us. Um <laughs> I hate Panama. And uh, when I was uh, a lot younger mm-hmm. and I was helping out in my local theatre, I did many jobs around the panto. Never got to never got to play the lead uh, or anything. You made a good buttons. Thanks. I was just very much like crew. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was a good earner over Christmas. Let me tell you, all my days because they crammed so many in. Who was the best um, jet from Gladiators? We didn't really have. To, it was Chesterfield's too small to have celebrities. Right, okay. <laughs> so they just had like a regular team of people who were actually genuinely quite good and entertaining. Uh-huh. And uh, it just seemed to work. But anyway... Not even like, Chris Gray from The Great Breakfast Show on Chesterfield yeah. FM. No, no, exactly. They, yeah, they maybe have had the, the Peak FM presenter from peak there FM, okay, yeah. occasionally. But yeah, to promote it, um, 
they got some of the people, you know, Widow Twanky or whatever it may mm-hmm. be, to turn on the Christmas lights. And they basically said, if we chuck you 50 quid, will you wear the, <laughs> the Mother Goose costume <laughs> and stand on the stage with them? I was like, yeah, we've got now else on. So I put the Mother Goose costume with a giant goose, goose head I've got on, right? And obviously my it's like white mesh, and I'm looking at the neck. Almost knocked its head off walking out on stage because I was already like basically as tall as I am now. And the entrance, I was like, oh, the goose's head's fallen off. It didn't, right? But then it just reminded me for all the photos, for all the, the you know local press that were there. So there's you know Widow Twanky, and then yeah, someone like Dave Benson Phillips or yeah. someone turning the lights on. Smiled for every photo. <laughs> Can't see my face. <laughs> I'm a bloody goose. Imagine the people looking at that. That goose got a right face on. I was smiling underneath, I promise. <laughs> give me the give thumbs up with wings. There's not even got to think thumbs. <laughs> so it's just you smiling with some wings in the oh, air. Oh, those were the days. 50 quid to be Mother Goose. <laughs> I, like, genuinely fascinated to know if any of our American listeners could unpick any of that. Yeah. What is, is there a community theatre... That, is that a bit like? Do. Let us know, and we'll we'll re- we'll circle back to this tomorrow. To, to explain, it. yeah, it's like th- it's a theatre group once a year at Christmas time. Uh, a theatre puts on a pantomime. There's typically a, a small time celebrity that plays one of the main characters, an old fairy tale story, Dick Whitton, whatever. Yeah. And kids get to go and scream at the characters and all this. Stuff. It's very, it's an archaic boo but, hiss. Yeah, cheer, like sort of, yeah, yeah. It's got links to pro wrestling. Yeah. William Regal would love pantomime, wouldn't he? You get yourself down Blackpool, <laughs> and you go see. Uh, Bobby Cannon and uh, is it Bob- Tommy Cannon and Bobby Ball? No, Twanky, put your left foot forward first. <laughs> uh, you've got to see uh, Cannon and Ball in pantomime, bottom of the Blackpool Tower this Christmas. It is the absolute best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let us know what the, the American alternative to that is. Thanksgiving, I suppose. Or but like, it, it, there's no show, is there? No. There's no sort of like they have those. Um, you know, in uh, America, they have those like restaurants that are medieval themed. So you walk in, oh, like, yeah. hello, my dear, <laughs> dare you care to take a seat at the table for one's medieval steak? Oh, what's a medieval steak? Cheeseburger. A medieval <laughs> steak it is. What is this great technology you have in your hand? Please turn your cell phones off for the moment. <laughs> Welcome to the medieval quest. Who can fry the sliced potatoes we call fries? Sli- I do declare. <laughs> a sliding doors where it's Keith Lee. They're becoming a professional wrestler working it. <laughs> it's a jester in medieval times. All uh, right, time to go to the barbershop now with yeah. uh, Mellow and Chuck Williams. I always love these segments because mm-hmm. it is basically just recap everything that's happened and talk about what's going to happen going forward, but actually in a unique and entertaining way. There is a right way and a wrong way to do wrestling characters outside of their element, but in an environment that makes sense for them to be in when they're not at work. This segment was absolutely the right way, and I cannot wait to talk about an example of the wrong one on this very Ooh. episode. Because Jesus Christ, there's a conversation. Oh, yeah, 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 you know. I'm trying to wreck my brains, and I was like, "Oh no, I've remembered." There's a conversation later on that we should not have been privy to. That should not be happening, and it was about as far away from pro wrestling as you can imagine. These happen to be at the place where they hang out, talking about their title and wrestling yeah. aspirations. It's contextually completely fine. So Melo, despite the fact he's more than ready to go up to the main roster, wants his North American Championship back, and reiterated the fact that um, you know he lost it. It, but he again wasn't pinned and the last time that happened to him he won it straight back effectively yeah. from uh, Cameron Grimes of course uh, he could put some, put some respect on uh, on Wesley's name um, but uh, yeah he, he says he's not the true champion until he beats me uh, Trick Williams is just being a brilliant hype man like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and he's like yeah that guy, yeah yeah he is good but guy, he is a prick isn't he as well yeah, to, be fair, <laughs> to be fair Mello called him a transitional chump uh, and everyone laughs about Wesley at the, the barber shop the barber I think his name was Josh says oh, I thought Wesley was pretty good and they were like 
What you say, Josh? <laughs> um, and uh, he says, how long are you going to let him hold the title? And he says, two weeks. So next week, we're going to have a contract signing. Uh, and then in two weeks' time, we're going to get a match. Good. Looking forward to it. And I like the way they set this up. Yeah, same. Uh, very little else to add. Uh, Carmelo Hayes continues as well. This is not like sports entertainment dreck. It's not terrible material and a terrible setup. But he continues to just own every yeah. room he's in. That's so apparent. Like he's, Trick Williams is great. They're a perfect. We, we always say this. They're a perfect act. Don't break them yeah. up. The act is really important. But Melo's like a star quality out the ass, and he shows it every time. Yeah, they could feel really stilted these segments, but yeah. it looks does genuinely look like you just peeked in something maybe you shouldn't yeah, have yeah. even seen. Uh, then it was time for Electra Lopez versus Sol Ruka. Oh no! Wait a second. The lights have gone out here in the studio. Mm. My name is written on the walls. My voice sounds through the holes. And soon I'll be in NXT to watch the whole thing fall. Pain is truly among thee. Imagine what will happen has happened because it was always meant to be. Sincerely, Scripps. Is he going to show up at deadline and do the nightmare before Christmas? Or the night before Christmas? And all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. <laughs> I do that's so. how Scripps makes his mark. <laughs> I mean, like, what? This sounds like I'm putting him over and I'm not. What more can you say about Scripps at this point? I'm like, I'm asking you. I, bet, I, I, know, it's, I know it's like my job here. It's. It was like back a step this week, wasn't it? Because last week at least we got a visual. Yeah. This time it was just he's he's hacked into the... He's present. Is he's, it Mustafa Ali because he's hacked into the things? Well, what we've learned is that after two attempts, he's given up trying to get through to the performance centre. Like, <laughs> yeah. if I cannot reach you in your after-hours support, I will simply have to find another way to contact the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. It's uh, lucky that we got this because previously he'd phoned the fax machine. So. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine me. I'm just picturing scripts at home on the other end of the phone. Like tapping his tapping his watch somewhere be. And then he rings burn, 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 like modem noises. Oh bloody hell. But it's, a, it's that family guy scene where Darth Vader's had a bad day at work. Yes. He goes home and just has a shout. I'm gonna have to do something about this. Like scripts is there with his partner. Are you alright, scripts? I'm not, you know, I'm pretty sure they're putting me off. I, I think at this point they must have picked up my messages. I'm gonna have to go into business myself here. I'm gonna I'm gonna hack the lights. Mrs. Scripts. <laughs> Uh, no, no winners on our game. He didn't really say anything fancy this time. No, his poetry game. He stepped up a bit more. I think like there was one the rhyming was better. I I hate poems that don't rhyme. I don't think they're proper poems. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a load of bollocks. It's a story that's not good enough to be a short story. <laughs> wow, I just think it's rubbish. You are a man that needs couplets. Yeah, and you're like it's got to like. There once was a man from Nantucket. Bring it back. You know you want poems. You want limericks. Yeah, you yeah. want limericks where you can swear at the end. <laughs> Yeah, I hated that. It's like, I've got a poem. And then I was like, it's not rhyming. Who was your GCSE poetry? Uh, mine was Simon Armitage. Oh, yeah, that's that rings a bell. I Carol Ann Duffy as well. I remember well. the anthology, yeah. Yeah, the orange book. Yeah, yeah. The big book. I think that sours, I think, because I like the, like, use of metaphor and simile, for example. I think um, those books sour people on poetry from a young age, if you're not into it. Yeah. Because I appreciate the idea, like, he talks about one where there's, like, burning rings, mm. and he really, he loved a girl at school. <laughs> Don't, Will Vaughn, man. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, my God. 
He loved a girl at school and he had tongs and he put them in the Bunsen burner and he was like, he thought it was like it'd make a laugh when he burnt her fingers, but she was, ah! <laughs> but it was supposed to be a wedding. We are now bound forever. It's actually, the more I say this, the more it's a little bit, uh, it doesn't age so well. But that was the point of it. Well, we should just laugh at your burning rings bit instead. Yeah, yeah poetry should rhyme. What the hell was this? I also remember that because they said, uh, ours was the last year this was allowed, by the way, they were like, you were allowed to make brief notes in the col- the columns of your anthology book. So I just wrote everything that I'd ever learned in it and got an A. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, if you don't let me take in some notes, I'll take in all the notes. Thank you very much. I was terrible at maths, uh, GCSE level. I, I was uh, in, in my English, obviously, but yeah. not at all a maths head or science, that kind of thing. And uh, I remember the, the maths uh, calculator. Paper was just like, well, that I'm pretty sure that Sin, got, cos and tan. that got me through not needing to do maths ever again. <laughs> not ideal for the development of a young person at 16, but you needed like a C to be able to leave maths yeah, behind yeah, forever. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, I'll just, I'll, if I can do the calculator paper where it does the sums for me, and then if I <laughs> screw the non-calculator paper, it will be all right. And if you type in 58,008 and turn it upside down. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The scientific calculator, it was just about what words you could spell. Yeah. So it wasn't just about like writing boobs with the numbers. My favorite is someone who like one of the lads worked out a sum that the total eventually became boobies. Yeah, right. And he was like really, he was like, you can just type in whatever the number uh-huh. is and do that. But he's eight thousand like, no. plus eight hundred and fifteen. Yeah. Is that right? Oh, something, yeah, something like that. Like. Yeah, something like that. Boobless as well. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but yeah, I, I was just like, you when you get older, you're not gonna have a calculator in your pocket. I bet it could differ. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why, like, Axiom's, like, gotten into comics and covering up his body because, like, well, I thought maths was going to get me a job. The teacher told me at school that, like, you wouldn't have a calculator on all the time and then the iPhone came out and I was proper knackered. So I best developed some superpowers. Uh, right, uh, then we got Electra Lopez versus Sol Ruka. Effectively a squash this to reintroduce Electra Lopez. Yeah. Um, take a hell of a clothesline to take over early on in mm. this match. Uh, but Sol Ruka fights back, uh, but then Lopez pulls her off the top rope uh, and then hits a sort of sit-out choke bomb for the one, two, three. Post-match, in runs Indy Hartwell to pay back Electra Lopez for what she did to her last week. Two yeah, weeks just last week. Yeah, last week. Uh, and there's a big pull-apart brawl. Um, yeah, good to see Electra Lopez back wrestling in the ring, and I'm sure Tony D was impressed with it all too. Yeah, this was basic, but it wasn't bad, and that's the kindest thing you can say about the wrestlers that are clearly developmental. The Indy Hartwell stuff is what it is. I don't know. Like, they'll be positioning her as a babyface because that's, she's just Indy Hartwell at this point, but this whole idea that it's not about friends and it's business, it's like, well, it can be. It can mm. be both. You can, like, have Yeah, success. I didn't like that bit later on where she was there with Roxanne Perez going, why are you trying to be nice? And I was like, I don't know, some people are just... Yeah, nice. that's it. some people are just nice, and we should probably encourage a bit more of that. The one thing on this, because we haven't brought it up over the last few weeks, Sol Ruka got about six weeks of vignettes, and it was basically to introduce a jobber. Mm. Is a surfing jobber. A, a surfing jobber. Um, she just loses all the time. I feel like, like she's going to be recruited by someone soon enough. People are always getting recruited in wrestling yeah. these days, aren't they? It's always recruiting. I've been watching you losing on a consistent basis, and I've thought, that's exactly what this stable needs. That's what this university requires. <laughs> well, you mentioned that, and that's exactly what came that's next, the Chase You segment. Um, Thea Hale, yeah. I love her commitment to this. Mm-hmm. She, I, by the way, this is going to sound weird, because I'm going to say she's great at this, despite the fact how much I hate this. So I despise Scrappy-Doo. Yeah. The worst character in cartoon history, possibly, right? 
But she plays a lovable version of Scrappy-Doo. Oh, Mr. Mr. Chase, let me catch that Charlie Dempsey, that no-good Charlie Dempsey. Uh, and Duke Bloody Hudson, he's fully on board now. He's mm-hmm. got the T-shirt, he's got the... He's Bodie Hayward, unfortunately, because Bodie Hayward's been released. Yeah. Um, and uh, Duke says, because obviously uh, previously he got kicked out for, for trying to cheat by uh, Andre Chase, uh, and he said last week was a teachable moment. Oh, teachable moment! Teachable moment! And this time he wants to be ringside for this match between Chase and, and Dempsey, as he describes him. Ah, that besmirching Charlie Dempsey. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Nice. You having that? Um, and uh, he, he really hypes up Andre Chase. He says, when Dempsey attacked you, he attacked everyone in Chase University. He attacked our history. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Andre Chase fires up and he says, I want to give him a Chase U-sized ass whooping. And did you notice the little subtle storyline development here? Oh, I don't think I did. Because I thought it was a fun little segment to set up the match in a bit. Yeah. And they go, and they're all, yeah, come on, let's go. Right, hands in on three, Chase you. Duke Hudson puts his hand in. Thea Hale puts her hand in. Andre Chase puts his hand in. One, two, Duke Hudson puts his hand on top. Oh, I didn't see that. Good catch. And obviously that's like, think about Andre Chase is for a teacher. He's pretty stupid <laughs> because he should be able to see where all this is going. Yep. He's going to get his ass kicked in a minute. But yeah, nice. Mm. I mean, it's this has always been the story with or without Bodie here. With this was clearly always the attempt to infiltrate and maybe, I mean, not to worry you. Could this be the end of Chase you? Because mm. if Duke Hudson can get Thea Hale on side, you could see them both turning on Andre Chase, couldn't you? And then or Andre Chase fires the rest of his students. Well, I was going to say at this point, surely the fees can't be keeping the lights on at Chase <laughs> Hughes, so... You've got three students left. They all have to pay $10,000 a week. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just, I mean, we, we beat you up last week, Andre. But what are you going to do? Like, make us leave the university? You need us more than we need you at this yeah, point. Yeah. So get to teaching. Right, we'll get to the match uh, in a second. Uh, in the interim... Uh, we get to see a FaceTime <laughs> between the remaining members of Toxic Attraction have been killed by Alba Fire. Uh, I think killed she- is the word, because, like, sorry to uh, step on your no, dick here. It's fine. She, like, they're doing the, so, like, for anybody that hasn't watched this, and I sense with the NXT review, it was often quite a lot. You're seeing a side-by-side of the phone call. You see Toxic Attraction, for whatever reason, that video calls live on television sometimes. Mm-hmm. And Mandy Rose and JC Jane are laying out the story in case you missed it. The GG's out, and, oh, God, Alba Fire's on that back. Three cracked ribs. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden... Gigi gets pulled away from the phone, like, it's a vertical phone screen mm-hmm. size shot, isn't it? And then, and I'm talking a second later, Alba Fire is in shot and JC Jane's nowhere to be found. And then the camera eventually pans back to her and she's laying out flat. What did she do to her? What, she, she nailed her with a bat well, like, in a split set? In a split, with no Axiom, noise. Axiom trained her. <laughs> Just stealth attack. Why and she, she disguised herself as a mall cop. As a mall, yeah. Mall cop! I got Paul Blart giving me trouble. <laughs> uh, again, we've, Paul Blart has come up this week on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for listening, as always. We're, we've never, ever talked about Paul Blart before <laughs> until we compared Hank Williams to him, I think it was. And now now it comes up. Yeah. Sorry, I just found it, the, the, the turnaround was too quick. <laughs> it was really, really daft. Well, we're getting the title match next week. Yeah, again. <laughs> <laughs> So you know what happened last time? She erected a haunted house to keep toxic attraction away, and they came back and ran in. Why should I believe now that this is going to keep them? They've got like, weeks to recover in the yeah. case of Gigi Dolin. What's going to stop them just coming back again? Like, is a single attack on each woman harder, by definition, than literal flesh-eating zombies trapping them in a house miles away? <laughs> because that didn't do anything. What if they put her in a big fridge? 
a big, <laughs> big fridge or the Home Alone uh, heater thing that talk, that scares Kevin. Because we've done, gone down that road of toxic attraction before, haven't we? Yes. Uh, then it was time for Andre Chase versus Charlie Dempsey. Uh, Charlie Dempsey, unsurprisingly, wins the grappling exchanges mm. on this one. Uh, but Andre Chase does fight back and get him down to do the Chase U stomps, which always gets a reaction from yeah. me. Um, and then Dempsey fights back and puts... Andre Chase in a cross face, and he's there, and he's scratching and clawing, trying to get into the bottom rope, and Thea Hale's cheering him on. Duke Hudson's like, conflicted, he doesn't know what to do, does he interfere, does he what? No, he can't take it anymore, and I think it's fair to say this, Sid, isn't it? And interrupt me if I'm, I'm telling a lie. Uh, MJF, Cody Rhodes-esque, this, I thought, uh, in that Hudson throws in the towel, he costs his mentor the match on the second attempt, because it got wrapped around the top rope for the <laughs> But he chucks it in, and Chase is confused because he didn't quit. and He may not have even been ready to quit, but Hudson did it to save him. Or did he? Or did he, yeah. I do like this slow burn story. Yeah, the um, <laughs> I was going to say the plot thickens, but I'm not sure if it's just a thick plot already. But we know <laughs> what this is, and it's quite it's all right. Um, I quite liked, you know, uh, Charlie Dempsey. The absolute best. I, I quite <laughs> like this character. I don't know if it's because it's Regal's son that you can buy that he's hard. Because as we know, Regal came from the mean docks of Blackpool that mm. don't technically exist. But um, <laughs> like, I, I don't know if that's helping this character, but I bought it. Yeah. I bought that he's an angry... I, like I wouldn't want... He's the person that you don't want to come to the pub, the person you don't want to come to the party because they just bring an edge mm. and it's unpleasant and I felt it in the air and I didn't feel like he was having to perform that part of his character as so many people on this show do. Yeah. So there was a, there was a reality to this. Again, early, early days when I just... I bought just what a nasty piece of work he was. Absolutely. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend <laughs> that I don't right Hold now. it in. Hold on. And our current faves. And Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal 
personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Right, then we got uh, Kiana James and her assistant. Oh, my God. I don't know that was to drop that bounce there. I thought, I, was I, had a, I, had sorry, I thought that was a business sound effect. I don't know what's gone on there. There's some technical problems or something. Um, they go to, <laughs> I'll have to go to my business buttons. <laughs> they go to Fallon Henley's bar and there's, <laughs> and there's Christ, Boris Johnson and Sir Wags a lot. And uh, whoever's the desperate one's proper desperate now. Like His eyes go like... Like a cartoon wolf when yeah. an attractive woman walks by. He was doing the scrappy. Let me out! Let me out! Um, anyway, Kiana James uh, is looking to buy this place. Wasn't she looking to buy Chase U yeah, recently? Just dropped. Knock it down and build. I'm not convinced she can do a business as well as she thinks she can do a business. She wants to knock it down and build properties Apartments. on it. Yeah. Um, but Henley says, "Oh no, it's a family history," and I shot at people eating peanuts. And I played pool with my dad on that table. I. Play darts with my auntie on that table. And, uh, I liked yeah. uh, Keanu James' rationale. Like, yeah, memories are one thing. I'll build some flats, and your mum and dad can live on forever. Yeah, like, and this place looks like a dump. If you're following Henley's mum, if you're Mister and Mrs. Henley watching your daughter on TV, be like, sell the pub. Yeah, so, like the rest ain't going well, love. Sell the pub. This is why we call NXT porn. <laughs> this is why we call NXT porn because the acting, like, sex work is work. And people in pornography are actors. Mm-hmm. These wrestlers are not. <laughs> so, if anything, I apologise to the porn industry for comparing NXT to porn because this segment was ludicrous. It was absolutely preposterous. None of these people, none of these five, are yet uh, elite tier professional wrestlers. Mm-hmm. But at least give them a f- chance to become one and not be so <laughs> weighed down by these risible performances. Jesus Christ, this was excruciating. So you had so wanks a lot. His whole purpose, right? was to be the um, the wanking monkey from the Safari Park viral video <laughs> the other day. The entire time, uh, Keanu James... What's Keanu James' assistant? I do apologise. I've literally just got assistant written down here. The time the two of them are in the bar, the second they walk in, that's what he's got to do. Yeah. You, just, you, know, you see, you know, imagine him behind the bar, but what's going on underneath? <laughs> like, check how clean those glasses are, because I'm pretty sure he just covered them in cum, right? That's his whole... And, you know, uh, Brogs Johnson is there going, stay cool, man, stay cool. You can't sell the bar. Like... Like, like he knows. Are they are they a family as well? I used to hang out with Fallon Haley's mom and dad too. Like I ate peanuts in this bar since I was six years old. We're dealing with the law of the bar now, are we? Like Fallon Henley, who by the way, can't work at this bar twenty four seven because she's a wrestler for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, there's just no thought that goes into the bigger picture of any of this. It's like, you know what? I'm not gonna sell you my bar so you can build apartments. Uh, all right, yeah, fair enough. I'll have to go look at some other building. <laughs> no, thanks. We're going to wrestle next week. And you're not here. I've got to go scout <laughs> other buildings. Well, I don't think your priorities are right. Yeah, then, surely, surely have uh, Farn Henley wrestle your assistant and then just come in and buy the bar from an idiot who's running it. It is like the wrestling company sits down, writes all this, gets a location, gets the cameras, gets the lighting, and then nobody goes... What, what do we do at the end again? And there's nobody in the room going, well, a wrestling match. Like, no, nah, we're good. We've got, we got all this, haven't we? What's this for? Is it for Fox or something? No, no, no. It's just, I, I, I just, my mind is blown by this. I, I kind of love it, but it's 
terrible. Yes. <laughs> I kind of hope they do some sort of like makeover for the bar now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Maybe they haven't dropped something cold. Maybe Kiana James, having failed to get Chase U, played poker with Duke Hudson and said, oh, yeah. Duke, if I beat you at poker, you've got to bring down Chase U, bring down the value of it, and then I can buy the remains of the, of the of the what used to be the Chase U, uh, that, that one room that we see him teaching in, and that one <laughs> hall's residence that we see. So it's two buildings. It's probably not very expensive. It's good business. She's a good businesswoman. Uh, and Duke Hudson's like, Okay, but only if you beat me at poker. And he has never won a game of poker in his game life. So he loses. So he's now doing Keanu James's bidding. And he's bringing down Chase U from the inside so she can go and do a business with the remains. I'm not having a weird fever dream. They definitely did just play poker on television one week, didn't they? Yeah. He lost every hand. (laughs) The poker, like, that was his old character. Because that was the proper era of, like, you do forget they're wrestlers. Hey, I'm Joe Surfboard. (laughs) And I like a surf. Hey, I'm Cora Jade. Here's my skateboard. Gonna skate on it. Oh, like that. N- nobody was wrestling at this point. It was just a series of you know people. Please, in- please not lion tamer. Please not lion tamer. Please <laughs> not lion tamer. Oh, thank Christ, I'm a builder. Johnny lion tamer. Every week he's got to put a head in the lion, but it's a shoot lion, and the lion can go. I mean, Sue Hart used to wrestle a bear. Uh, right, what came next was absolutely sensational. It was Hank Walker versus <laughs> Stacks yeah. with Tony D in his corner, and they got to someone got, giving it the whole <laughs> in the crowd as Stacks made his entrance. And I sort of it started, and I was like, "Ah, oh, bollocks! We know this where this is going." And like, is he gonna like no show the pod tomorrow? Uh, and yeah. all that? Because mm-hmm. like, I get it. You know, you don't want to come out after a loss. I thought we'd given him real pep in his step yesterday. As yeah, well. so. Uh, Stax actually starts off pretty well, mm-hmm. um, dominates briefly, and then all of a sudden Hank Walker just sort of fires up, and Stax goes for a kick, and Hank catches it, hits a big clothesline, Thez press, shots to the head, uh, he runs into a boot, um, but then just grabs Stax and just chucks him, rips the shirt off. I do like that for someone who's fair, you know, I'm, not, I'm in no position to judge, but isn't... Uh, as toned as some people within WWE. Good. Helps yeah. the gimmick. Helps the gimmick. A really good, that. So he hits an avalanche in the corner, uh, another one in the second corner. You're like, oh, here we go. Put Stax up on the top turnbuckle. I think he's going to slam him off there or whatever. But ref doesn't see it. Stax, cheating a little bit. Oh, I went. Eye pokes him mm-hmm. and then rolls him up. And the moment Hank Walker kicked out, I went, oh, bollocks. That's it then. That's, you know, the little moment of hope yeah. for the baby face. Um, gets, gets a near fall. But no, he does that. <laughs> Hank's still selling the eye, of course. And then Stax hits a curb stomp or a knee drop curb stomp thing that mm-hmm. Seth Rollins would be proud of. One, two, three, Stacks wins! Hey, we're so pleased. It's just like, you know, are we going to Shannon Lorenzo? He's one of our own. <laughs> it does. It feels like you're your own guy scoring a late winner. Couldn't believe it. I was so buzzing for him. Yeah, it would be so nice to be able to congratulate him, but uh, I guess right. he's guess he's not here today. Probably painting the town red, wasn't he, last night celebrating. Congratulations, Stax. Don't worry, we've not sacked Sage. He's just off on holiday. Thing. You, I was <laughs> worried for a second there. He actually went on holiday to Florida to see you work. He was in the crowd last oh, night. Oh, he's such a but good he, guy. He mustn't have taken Tony D. Airlines back because he hasn't made it back yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah is that right? 
They got a private jet, of does, course. Does all that check out on yeah. our stacks? Is it, have we got our stacks lot right there? I can only be here briefly because I know you got the AW Dynamite preview and run a little bit late today. So, <laughs> but I still got some jokes for you. Good. About eyes. <laughs> <laughs> eye stuff. Yeah, it was successful for you, I suppose, stacks. So and thank you very much. Yeah. First, uh, is that the first win? First in the W column for you? It's got to be one of the first. Certainly in the singles column, maybe. Yeah. I think we got some tag team. Yeah, we definitely did get some goddamn tag team victories. I don't, I don't even remember your... I don't wish to remember your tag partner. I, I'm interested in the people he's affiliating with these days, but I don't wish to remember him otherwise. <laughs> so, uh, Hamlet, uh, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> guess who... Uh, joke number one. Uh, guess <laughs> who I bumped into on the way to the eye doctor today. Like every good stand-up. Just line him out on the list. Who did you bump into on the way to the eye doctor today, Stax? Everybody! Oh, of course. Now, I got a bit of a classic joke with a twist. Well, no, joke number two. Oh, okay. Again, I, I can't fault the delivery here. What do you call a fish with no eyes? Fish. No. Ah. Fishually impaired. <laughs> <laughs> that was an abdominal stretch, that one, Stacks. Finally, rule of three. Uh, uh, what do you call... A rooster, picture this, mm-hmm. a rooster with a piece of lettuce in its eye. Right, rooster, lettuce, salad, uh, Lillard, Peter K. Tribute Act, <laughs> chicken, chicken, chicken salad. Oh, you're so close. Okay. What do you call a rooster with a piece of lettuce in its eye? Chicken Caesar salad. Oh! It's the way I f***ing tell <laughs> See you next week. Oh, stacks before you. Oh, bye, stacks. Bye, stacks. First just, just missed him there. I want it like you know. I would have. I would have loved to ask him more about his insights on his big win, but we'll catch him another yeah. time, I'm sure. Uh, chicken Caesar salad. Chicken Caesar salad. Yeah. I think I like the visually impaired one. The most. Yeah, me too. Me yeah. too. He's got a couple in him every now and then. Uh, Grayson Waller effect it keeps on coming. Grayson Waller effect. It was next. me thinking it was Tony D'Angelo that needed a crutch. Braun Breaker and Von Wagner were his guests. I still love, I love the Grayson Waller effect. Mm. As I said yesterday, which is a bit of a backhand compliment, it's the best talk show in WWE. It is. <laughs> yeah. Because it opens with footage, which includes the word humble <laughs> on it. And, and Grayson Waller, he comes out, he's obviously got the the picture in a picture of himself, mm, mm. even though he's the one on screen as well. Uh, and he brings out, uh, let me do this and then I'll circle back to something I wanted to mention. He brings out Von Wagner with, uh, sorry, Von Wagner uh, with Robert Stone. Uh, and then uh, Bron Breaker, who's wearing a certain jacket. Maybe. I might be willing to give him a pass this time. Uh, Rick Steiner's normally used to have a few more spikes and accoutrements on. So they might have just spray painted a generic black leather jacket. But I might give him the benefit of the doubt mm. on this one. Uh, do you know what as well? Like... I feel like this is something I've never given enough credit to. But even when Bron Breaker's entering and you're seeing the live, on the scr- on the Titantron, instead of it saying Bron Breaker, it's the live reactions thing with the hearts and the smileys and all that. But it's not on Bron Breaker. <laughs> the camera <laughs> remains on Chris and Waller. I love this, imp- ow, ow, ow. <laughs> this impression of Bron Breaker as well. Also, I know this, we've mentioned this before, but I couldn't take my eyes off it on this one. The little ticker at the bottom mm. with the comments from yeah. Instagram or whatever it may be. I noted a few down. Okay. Uh, did you know, do you, were you glancing at this? Or no, no, no. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm fairly certain scripts hacked it at one point because it just said, I am coming soon. Oh, in, wow. Uh, in the bit at the bottom. That probably he was. had another one, but I can't remember what it said. A bit of LTST from scripts. Some amazing comments though, like 
Like, he is the personification of someone who'd buy bots to comment on his own Instagram. Yes. Because <laughs> it said, like, oh, I love the, I love the Grayson Waller effect. Uh, one of them said, uh, basically, Grayson Waller effect's better than Piper's pit. Good, yeah. Uh, one of them said, oh, Grayson, what do you use on your hair? Because it looks so good. <laughs> uh, another one said, can we see uh, Grayson Waller's abs? Uh, and then it was like, what was it? Grayson Waller, Tom Brady, LeBron James, in that order. Good. I like that. I like this. I Grayson want... should host the Oscars. Yeah. yeah. But my favorite was from, I wrote this down, two times disrespected king. <laughs> like, right, let's, full disclosure here, I assume it's some poor work experience kid who they're like, just make up 20 names and mm -hmm. 20 sycophantic comments. Yeah. And it's like, right, if you, if you uh, Sam, have you done that? Uh, I've just got uh, five more to do. Well, we're going to, you know, it's getting a pretty tight. Can you please submit them? So, like, he's, oh, I've done the, done the abs. I've done these better than uh, Tom Brady. I've done the, I've done, you should host the Oscars. Uh, two X, uh, two times disrespected king. Uh, Grayson, do you like ham? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know the answer. Does I Grayson really like answer. ham? Yeah. I'll tell you what he does like, though. Beef, because that's what we got on yeah. this. Um Oh, but Waller is noticed in the comments because he chucks one up about it saying, Carmelo Hayes is stuck in the bloody North American Championship <laughs> division and bloody Von Wagner's getting a match. He says, uh, Von, what do you think about this? And Von <laughs> Wagner, in his own inimitable style, says, Wow, breaking news. Most, <laughs> most people don't like Von Wagner. He says, what's his name? And the guy, and Grace Waller goes, Joe, and he goes, mm, Joe Blow. <laughs> Got him. I, you know well, what? Well, Robert, so at your job, you don't need to do this anymore. We are not most people because we like and support Von Wagner. Good God Almighty, this was funny. And Joe Blow. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly, it's not, it is always been thinking Joey and Friends. Who's writing this promo? Soraya. Just honestly, that sheer exasperation, like where Chandler's can't do the whip sound and he's going, whoopa, like that. <laughs> And it's just, it's built on top of something else. And Joey's getting increasingly more annoyed. He's like, it's whoosh. And Chandler goes, that's what I said. Whoopa. And he goes, you can't do anything. That's what I feel when I see Von Wagner. I love him more for it. It's like, he's got a mouthpiece sat next to him. Show me a single fucking thing you can do. Because last week it was the belt gesture that you somehow had one. You got it right this week. I did. Because he didn't have, by, didn't have one hand by his nipple. Like he was doing. Go oh, now, Von. Yeah, I got straight on the uh, on the belt. I don't know. I don't know. Done that this week, boss. You remember to cut a promo? Oh, oh yeah, there's always something. His name's Joe. 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 <laughs> Joe Blow. <laughs> Joey. Joey. Baboey. Jo Joey. Uh. <laughs> and then Bobby Stone's like, all right, okay. Oh, no one in this NXT. He's like, Robert Stone's a great promo. Yeah, yeah you should be doing more. Saddled this. with losers, always, yeah. Robert Stone. He, uh, he says, the NXT universe never gave Von Wagner a chance because they're jealous. <laughs> He's not here to be a popular or a fan favorite, probably for the best, uh, <laughs> like Bron. Uh, people piss and moan on social media, but he's just here for the title. Uh, he left Bron Lane last week. He's going to do the same next week when they fight for the title. Big show next week. Yeah. Um, Bron goes to talk, and Stone interrupts him. He's winding him up to what leads to later on. Von's more powerful and dangerous than anyone you've faced, uh, or you. Um, Bron says, on paper... Um, yeah, it may well be an even contest, but uh, you know why not? Why not try that face to face? Because he keeps attacking him from behind. Of course, um, <laughs> Waller puts up a comment. It's just stirring a bit. I'm ready for anyone to beat Bron Breaker. Um, and Grayson Waller again. Little, oh, I love him so much. Says, uh, "Yeah, I agree." And if it's not Von Wagner, I think I can think of someone else. <laughs> um, he asks Bron what he thinks about that comment. He says, "Look, I know 
where where they're coming from there. He's he's not, you know, he's not ashamed to admit it. He says, you know, NXT is always about the next big thing. That was me, but mm-hmm. now I'm on top, so you're looking for the next mm-hmm. thing. You learn that from Champa and Gargano. If you want something, you've got to take it. He uh, talks about the guys who've been in his position previously uh, and points out everyone who wants a shot at him. Um, but the whole thing, the same, the thing they all have in common is they're not going to be taking it from him. From him, uh, Vaughn says, "I'm dangerous. I got a title shot the first time I set foot in this building." He references, as we uh, alluded to yesterday, that four way. Yeah. Um, and next, while well, he's next week, he's going to ragdoll Brand's ass around that ring. Um, talks about them both being second gen, but uh, he didn't. U- he didn't use it. Doesn't need it <laughs> next week. Too right, didn't use it. <laughs> um, and uh, Braun says, why don't you want to try and take the title off me right now? And they have a stare off. Robert Stone tries to get in between them. <laughs> and Braun just slams his... He's so good at slapstick stuff, Robert Stone. Yeah. Gets his head bounced off the table. And there's the stare down. And then just in the middle, there's Grayson Waller thinking, this this TV show is doing numbers. <laughs> Great, this. Yeah. I'm sufficiently hyped for something I want to look at next week in Braun Breaker versus Von Wagner. I want to look at that. Uh, Wesley gets interviewed backstage. You notice mm-hmm. anything interesting about this? No. Why is it, what's going on this I've week? I've been really I was on it this morning. Sleuthing this. Uh... So people say, oh, you, you guys, you're so bloody arrogant. You say, the wrestling, mm. listen to your podcast just because you're the number one UK wrestling podcast. What good <coughs> wrestling? Where do we get your podcast from? How could you say we're arrogant? Wesley, in this segment, uh-huh. said something I think I literally said on the podcast yesterday. So he talks about what Carmelo's been saying in the barbershop. He says, I'm going to retain my championship Mm. against Carmelo Hayes, and I'll see him for the contract signing next week. But he talks about how successful he's been from being a tag team wrestler to now being a singles superstar. He said, and I quote, I'm on a roll like butter. Of course. I said it yesterday, Hamfler. You did? Because you popped me a brick. Like... (laughs) What are you going to say next week? Don't sing, mate. <laughs> Probably not that, but you know. Well, I don't know. Some characters on the show might. But that's going to be what Sir lot tries. <laughs> I can go with that. Just go, that, yeah. You're right. Can we get money like for that? Or? Well, I mean, as we all know, you invented the turn of phrase. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love Salty Rolls. Uh, Cora Jade. <laughs> Cora Jade. Yeah. She's uh, cutting a promo on Wendy Chu uh, and takes a bit out of her, again, for being a nice person who has friends. Yeah. I'd, I, let's let's see how this one plays out. Cause She's not the popular girl, basically. No. It's not exactly um, the rehab program I would have imagined for Cora Jade post-Roxanne Perez, this. No. Uh, and then there was a brief clip of uh, Apollo Crews. Yeah. He's uh, <laughs> fighting about in Nigeria. He was fighting about... He's doing the WWE talent search, which <gasps> is a nice thing. I did see a lovely shot of almost going back to surprise his family in Nigeria this week, yeah. which was genuinely touching. Been quite a bit of that. It's very but he's not forgotten about Bron Breaker, but let's be honest, he's going to be fighting JD McDonough at deadline. Yeah, his motivation's Clearing just drift- the path for Tony D. Drifted like a fart in the wind, didn't they? Mm. Uh, and that was immediately followed, yes, by uh, J- JD McDonough versus Axiom. No! Um... Actually, are these these again, both of these could go up on the main roster yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Really, this was this and the opener. Um, I'll give you the main event was were just really good wrestling to watch. It's a bit like what we talked about the other week, where NXT it used to be so much clearer the lines between say the finishing class and the beginners and all that sort of stuff. It's very very apparent who could be done here on NXT and the mm. ones that actually need it as a place to develop. 
Uh, McDonough got knocked out to the floor early and was pissed off at being shown up. Uh, we go to a break. When we come back, Axiom hits a huge springboard moonsault to the outside, but comes up holding his knee. Bit of a panic for me for a second, and then I realised, oh, no, it's the story. Yeah, it's fine. Um, obviously, McDonough targets the knee throughout. He gets, keeps getting caught, though. Axiom is just so bloody talented, mm-hmm. uh, despite this weird gimmick that he's stuck with. Caught McDonough in an armbar. Um Gets back up with a shot to the head as, as McDonough goes after the uh, the leg, the knee again. Um, knocks him down, does McDonough. Goes for a moonsault and gets pulled straight into a triangle choke. That was beautiful, that was. Um, Axiom goes for a super kick, but his leg gives out. Uh, and it looks like McDonough's just like, ah, oh, you know, injured prey. I'm going to take him out. Again, Axiom pulls him into a choke. Um, but J.D. McDonough gets out of that and just, oh, my God, the flexibility. Just contorts his knee, he does like a knee bob, but he bends it all the way over. It was like, oh, it was horrible to yeah. look at. And uh, Axiom screaming, the referee dives in and eventually just has to call it off. Uh, and I did like JD McDonough cutting a bro after just going, it's only a sprain, it's not a tear, because I'm a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, and he talks about putting Ilya Dragunov in hospital as well. He's still in there. He says, challenges anyone to get on his level, test him. And he says, I'm looking at you, Apollo. Oh yeah, yeah, this was strong stuff, you know. I really like the um the spot with the just how, as you say, like using the flexibility for the, for the visual. I saw it once. Um, I think it was oh, I don't know Jordan Devlin versus a kid. Maybe I saw that like and they've obviously, <laughs> they've obviously borrowed that for this match because it was super effective. The visual is something you remember. It's something that feels believable, you know. And um, they just like did Alexa Bliss dislocating her own arm for wackiness or mm. elbow instead of it being broken in a spot. And you're thinking. Should have saved that. Yeah, only... she used it to like get a sneaky win. Yeah. And you were like, nah, that could have really got somebody over, but never mind. This was <laughs> the example of how you do that. Like exactly. there's, a, there's something physical, something that you remember. JD McDonough now uh, is in a position where he can, you know, claim that he's hospitalizing guys, which is a good gimmick to have. It especially fits more with what he's doing rather than the daft like pantomime American psycho stuff. So this is a pretty strong outing for the both of them, mm. I thought. Axiom. It is a stupid gimmick. He does look ridiculous when he's made to be in WWE set pieces with all of his gear on. But his work is so flashy and impressive that the continued search for somebody in a mask that resonates as a babyface like Rey Mysterio does may be over with him. Mm. Like, maybe. I'm, I'm not sort of trying to put too much pressure on his shoulders or anything. But I'm pretty sure you could pour Axiom to the main roster and if he just gets pushed, people might go for it. Yeah, I, don't I mean, know, I'd prefer not. it just to be a kid. He's a handsome man. He and is. He's very talented. And if you wanted a mass superstar, his name is Bandido, and you should have signed him before AEW did. Yes, absolutely. Should have launched some trios belts as well. Yeah. Yeah. Shawn Michaels is going to address his enemy. Sorry, he's going to issue <laughs> a statement regarding deadline next week. I hope yeah. it's Tony D. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I really enjoyed this as well because it was. A DQ loss, but it was completely justified. It was Brutus, well, Bruce Creed, uh, as he's now down around the what culture office, versus Damon Kemp. It was, you know, seven minutes in heaven or whatever they were calling it. Um, oh, yeah, sorry, you know, five, the five-minute thing. Uh, gets five minutes to kill him, basically. Well, no, it's just a five-minute match, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's and I thought, oh, that's going to be interesting. So we're going to have, you know, a five-minute match with a time limit. No, it didn't go five minutes, but it was Brutus... Yeah, taking all of his frustrations out on Damon Kemp, beating him left, right, and center. Uh, Kemp does cut him off and goes, all right, I'll introduce a chair into this. And oh, It looks so good. Bruce Creed was just like, get that crap, just, just battered it away yeah. and nailed him. 
picked up the chair, thought, why am I so violent? Oh, yeah, because he, he injured me and then tried to end my brother's career mm. in NXT. Yeah, I'm going to kill him with his chair. So he did. He just whacked him with the chair. Couldn't care less about the DQ and popped the crowd again by going back to him and twatting him with the chair one more time to uh, to to send the crowd home happy. And there's Veer and Sanger looking over from the eagle's nest. Yeah, that's the thing, right? If this was a comprehensive write-out of Damon Kemp, uh, he lost the he lost the ambulance match, didn't he? No, yeah. Julius Cree lost it. Oh, so sorry, no, yes. Kemp, yeah, Kemp sorry, I got match. really confused there. So he loses yeah. an ambulance match, and then he gets... That's what I thought this was initially. Right, yeah. So, But he gets beaten with an inch of his life here. And it's just, you tried to come at the diamond mine, you were inexperienced, you failed, and then you go away for a bit. And they play with that. They say, well, look, he was kind of only ever the trainee, and he got too big for his boots, and they put him in his place. And then he comes back months and months from now when he's starting again and all that. Cool, actually. Like, that's not too bad. He wasn't ready. He was having to stay on the sidelines. There's a, there's now a bit more of a backstory that you can work with. Damon Kempers had time to think and had time to fester and all this sort of stuff. And then, yeah, because obviously the Brothers of Destruction are looking down from on below, you're pretty much racing to the six-man now, aren't you? Strong in the creeds versus Damon Kemp. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. Damon Kemp, The Undertaker, and Kane. Like, almost immediately... Just feels like they're going to go to it, and the problem there is that Damon Kemp is almost—you're almost going to have some sympathy with him. Well, he's had no choice but to turn to the locker room leader <laughs> because he's <laughs> in a time of crisis. Um, I would have him now be gone for quite a while. Mm. I would have Damon Kemp go away and realize that I got my ass handed to me here because I messed with the wrong people, and have the restart feel a bit more organic than just two weeks' time I on imagine, a next team. Imagine, uh, yeah, Creed Brothers. I mean, they're ready to go to the ro- main roster, but you can't take everyone up at the same time. Trips. Um, <laughs> Imagine that, yeah, they they win back those tag team titles and they beat everyone, beat everybody. And you're like, who are they going to face next? And then out comes Damon Kemp, and you're like, well, good, well done. Yeah. And then out comes Gable Stevenson with him. Oh, uh, yeah. I know Gable's got some health problems, so yeah. I'm not going to, you know, book that for any time soon. But oh, uh, I think he's uh, as much of a natural at this, actually. <laughs> uh, Donovan Dijak, or whatever he's called now, yeah. is teased again. T-Bar, he bangs on about justice. Uh, and then this was the bit where Indy Hartwell's walking about backstage. Roxanne Perez is like, you're all right. Look, let me know if you need anything. Indy Hartwell's like, piss off. You can see, I'm not a charity case. Yeah. All right. You can't trust anyone. Which, a bit of foreshadowing, perhaps, for the events of the main event. So Indy Hartwell can do a big I told you so later on. Uh, yes, because it was time for the main event next. It was the uh, NXT Women's Tag Team titles on the line. Caden Carter and Katana Chance versus Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons. Even though we knew where this was going, and mm. it, I think I was happy because it just did go the way. Because yeah. I was like, it finished, and I was like, well, that can't be it. Yeah, predictable is fine sometimes. But I thought the way that they executed it, considering, you know, it's developmental, this is yeah, not going to get everything right for... I thought it was really good, this. I got, I got one. It's just, we'll cover this now. For time. I, I think the match was anywhere near as good as the first one. I've got no, to be honest. No, I, just, there was, I thought, it was, thought it was really heated the first good, time. It was good, but it was, was nowhere near as good as the, the last maybe, one. Maybe it's because the circumstances were so predictable, but then maybe they shouldn't have been because the idea was, it's a bit like the Swerve and Our Glory acclaim thing where it feels now with death or glory for that team, doesn't it? They either win the belts back or they're finished. Mm. That was what we should have been feeling in this match, but it didn't have any of the drama with it. There was one... Sorry, do the play-by-play, because then we'll, we'll cover the finish, because the match was what it was. Yeah, it? so Carter at one point, I think it was after the first commercial break, back and forth stuff, blah, blah, blah. Carter hits a big dive to take out both of the challengers at once. Um, but then, yeah, the, the challengers fight back, and it looks like they might even win it. You've got a suplex on chance, and whilst she's getting pinned, you can see Lions making sure Carter can't make yeah, the save. Nice, up. Nice near fall, that. Um, 
It's like a, a stun dog millionaire from Chance mm. almost to get herself out of trouble. Everything breaks down, uh, and there's a spot where uh, it almost looks like Stark's going to um, clothesline her partner, Nikita Lyons, but they stop themselves, and Nikita Lyons selflessly pushes Zoe Stark to the side and eats a double super kick for her, which makes the events later on even more sympathetic towards Nikita yeah. Lyons. Um, and Stark sees her opportunity, nails Carter with a super kick, but... The champs use the numbers game and manage to hit, hit that beautiful 450 neckbreaker thing that they do for the victory. One, two, three. Uh, Carter and Chance retain the women's tag team titles. And it looks like all's well and uh, we were close but bloody well done because uh, Nikita Lyons helps put the belt around one of Carter and Chance and it looks like Zoe Stark's about to do the same. I think it was Carter because I swear Carter was like, give me the yeah. belt then. And Stark's just held on to it for a second and you go, oh, like that. You know what's coming. And she snatches the belt back and clocks her now former partner. Mm. She betrays Nikita Lyons, hits her with the belt, uh, hits her with a running drop kick to really confirm the turn. <laughs> uh, and the champs going get out of here then. Take their belts and leave. And uh, yes, Zoe Stark stands over a fallen Lyons as the show closes. Really good ending to the show, I thought this. Yeah, a decent angle, pretty well executed. Didn't have that broken skateboard tragedy about oh, it which yeah. was good for the, the workers involved um i thought zoe starks was great at uh playing the indignant heel as you pointed out there the match had just enough of the which is kind of the first one did as well had just enough of nikita lyons couldn't be any nicer they put spots in there to make you realize what a team player she is just to make this hurt all the more so that was quite nice too i took a little bit of an issue right with I, I really hate the champions. I really hate Katana Chance and Caden Carter. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they're still supposed to be babyfaces most weeks. Yeah. What a couple of arseholes. Like, <laughs> they're so there. Because obviously the, the attack happens. And then Zoe Starks throws the belt on the floor. And then um, does a bit more heel stuff. I, think, I can't remember if she hits the kick or she just gestures the crowd angrily. But the point is she goes back and she's supposed to pick the belt up. To like throw it disdainfully at Caden. Caden can't get yeah, back in the ring and get it right. She throws it at them and that. But at no point did they, like, run in to stop the beatdown. It's like, all right, the match is over. I'm like, we're about to shake hands here. What are you doing to her? It was just like, yeah, kids belts, we're away. Yeah. Like, uh, who are they? Like, these two, <laughs> like, yeah, we're, we're going out on the night. Does anyone want to come with us? We'll have a party. No. I don't, I don't want to drink with you. Like, you're bad company. It's June 2020 as well. <laughs> yeah. We're not even allowed. You're bad company. You're bad friends. So that was a little bit distracting, but I thought the rest of the term was played pretty well. Nikita Lyons looked super sympathetic, actually, yeah. in the aftermath as well. Um, so this will maybe be for deadline. Maybe they can get mm. it past there. I don't know, but this was good. Yeah, all in all, a really enjoyable show. Flew by this. It did fly by. There's your answer. Just book 20 things on the show. <laughs> yeah. Leave no gaps for them for Road Dog to be like, should we, uh... No. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, look, and like I say, really exciting next couple of weeks. Big title matches. Shawn Michaels announcing that he's bought Fallon Henley's bar. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, maybe another W for uh, for Stacks. Yeah. I like to think we're uh, we're kind of, the, you know, like Rocky's got his corner, like the, I'll be the old guy. I'll be, is it Mickey? Is he called Mickey? I think so, yeah. So me and Cedric are both his Mickeys. This was Stacks and Mickeys. Get him, Stacks! I'd love that. <laughs> 
Well, let us know your thoughts on NXT on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all, as I said, at WhatCultureWWE. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from uh, for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, me and Hamflet will be back a little bit later on today to preview AEW Dynamite. But for now, this has been the NXT Review. My thanks to Michael Hamflet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.